On Saturday, our brave men and women in Antifa did their bravest work yet in the streets of Berkeley, California, against the evil fascists rising in their school. Comrades who bravely fought against the Nazis may have lost the battle, but not the war, as they clashed in the streets, completely unaware that the Nazis would actually defend themselves against our finest weapons of rocks, grocery store fireworks, and pocket sand. The Antifa protesters were completely dumbfounded when the Nazis struck back with fist. I don't know what happened, said an Antifa protester who didn't wish to be named or to have his mask removed. Usually they just step aside and let us ride until we get our way, but this time they hit me like like really hard. All I did was try to share all I did was try to share a Roman candle with them. It's not fair, unquote. Claire, who is still recovering from a punch to the face, told the Lulberts News, quote, This mean guy punched me in the face. I mean like literally, what the hell? Granted I was trying to hit him first, like I see girls do in the movies. But he shouldn't have done that. I mean, I'm just a wee girl. I mean, even though women are capable of doing is everything that men can do, he should have known better, unquote. Check back after the music as we reach out to the head of the Antifa United States, who announced over the weekend that they will be upgrading their weapons stash to include wiffle ball bats, sock and poppers, and those cellophane Superman logos you saw from the first Superman movie. Reporting for TheWallBirds.com, I'm Jim Jesus. That's our word. Brought to you by Room for Freedom, Fogosymbols.com. I've been drinking too much to remember exactly what the whole plug of that thing is. Sorry, man. <laughs> but it's really neat. It's like an Airbnb and silver and Bitcoin and all sorts of other stuff. No legal drug, whatever. Uh, how's it going, man? <laughs> Darren Von Stormhaven's back in studio. It's uh, been it's been a long time, but it's things are good. Yeah. Um, we got the hookah going again. And we have the beer going again. That's why I can't remember the plug <laughs> that was supposed to do. But oh well. Unfortunately, this was my idea. I said, well, I'm in town. Why don't we just sit in the same room, drink, and do podcasts? And I thought that you had beer of your own that you brewed that you were going to bring. I did. And you drank it all. <laughs> I, that's right. I drank it all because it was that damn good. Yeah. So what, but are, we, I do, what are we drinking right now? Uh, I'm drinking... A scotch. You want to get your hand off of that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Teaching hospital moment, Te- right? Teaching hospice. A screeching hospice. That's that's what the new thing is. All right, so what are you drinking? Drinking a scotch ale from Four, Pe- Four Peaks Brewery from Tempe, Arizona. Okay. And I have... Well, actually, right now I have, what, Ruination? I don't remember. Well, no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the last... Deep. <laughs> Right, the last one I gave you was a ruination. Okay, then, so the ruination and then you pick, Right, and then whenever Stone you pick next. And then the one I got after this is the Hop Revolver. This is like, I guess that what they're going to do is they're going to release a new uh, Revolver IPA every so often, and it's going to have just one type of hops in it to kind of give you the idea of the characteristic of the hop. I'm not going to remember this. After tonight, little but, <laughs> they come up with the next one. But, but. you are sh- recording it for posterity, so all you have to do is go back and listen. That's true. But I'm probably not going to give tasting notes <laughs> on the thing. Yeah, and that and that was the whole point that I wanted to do this. I wanted to bring my ale and just kind of do do a, a mini tasting. But I realized that only brewing five gallons, and you know whether or not there's going to be some waste, and there's going to be some samples I want to give to fellow coworkers at Amazon. Yeah. I'm, but I'm, not to your friend that lives. <laughs> they didn't even no. They didn't even get that because oh. I. You just drank it all. You're like fuck it. It's my shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like you know I I realize I'm gonna be I can brew every two weeks, 
And my first time kegging, even though I, I've had this keg for about a year and a half, two years now, but my first time kegging, and so I was ha- kind of having to go through some uh, te- or training moments, teaching moments of my own. Okay. Your your own uh, hospice. That is so correct. Your own teaching hospice, so to, so speak. to speak. Correct. So uh, what? So what? Like you just had like a bunch of friends over and you were playing D and D and you just just wasted the whole keg or no? You just you didn't even have time for that. You were like, this is mine. <laughs> no, I said this is mine. I gave uh, my one of my roommates. He doesn't drink as much, but he was interested in what I was doing. Okay. So you know, I said, here, taste it. He's like, well, I don't drink. But if I were to drink, it'd be this. Yeah. So, and then in my mind, that's a good that that's a good good th- sign. Yeah, because like my mother for a while did not like beer. Like in any in any incantation, I mean, she finally figured out that she she likes Corona, but only if you put like salt and lime in it to make it not taste like beer. And if I give her things like a Newcastle or like a like a what was it like a like an English brown ale, she'll like those nope. as long as they're like kind of like on the sweeter side of it. Right. Even though I wouldn't say Newcastle is particularly good beer. Uh, Back in the day, when before craft there was a thing that was like one of the higher end stuff, mm, right? Yeah. But Newcastle, New I guess it would be considered a nut, a brown nut ale. Yeah, but it's still an ale as opposed. You can taste brown sugar, like they put brown sugar right. in it, as yeah. opposed to what you know, just a standard watered down Budweiser. Or... Yeah, and to this day, like I just like to hand her whatever beer I'm drinking. It's usually an IPA, just to just watch that bitter beer face. It's beautiful, but <laughs> but. If she, there's been times where I give her stuff like, oh yeah, 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 I could, I could drink this, you know, but it's on the sweeter end of stuff that I drink. So what I was brewing was uh, I had a, a recipe that I concocted uh, a couple of years ago when I actually started home brewing, and it's been one of the only ma- my main recipe that I've had so far. It's an oatmeal stout that I add an extra dose of brown sugar and molasses just to up the ABV because you know all the sugar content. So it's it's. That's my baby. That's my bread and butter right now, and I'm working on it to, to just perfect it. So you get to that point where you've done it so much that it becomes second nature, and the taste is always consistent. It would be a good idea is to make a milk stout, but put cinnamon in it, and you can call it like a horchata beer. <laughs> horchata stout? I think <laughs> I, I, I could just sw- – I've sworn – or yeah, I've, I've had a few too. Well, what you could do is you could put like a Tijuana hooker on it and call it horchata. I mean, that would be like the lamest pun, but people would buy it just on that. You know – <laughs> now that you mentioned something, even though it's not vulgar, I did see something that. <laughs> you said, well, no, no, the Brewers That's Association funny. on Twitter is saying if you know, if we're going to ban a name for an ale, what do you think it should be? And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why would that even matter? Was it the the government? No, thing, no, no. Or? It was actually the the brew the like the Brewers okay. Association okay. The, themselves saying if they were to censor anything, they were asking. What would be the line that would have to be crossed? And I didn't reply, but I just I shook my head. And my, uh, yeah, horchata would probably be on that list. <laughs> but I remember the uh, the government came down on stone like was this maybe like fifteen years ago? It was like right when I started getting into craft. They posted like this vlog. Uh, Greg used to do like daily vlogs. Um, but he he had this thing where he was talking about how the government was cracking down on them using the term Russian imperial stout because it wasn't from Russia. And they were also kind of going after other people as well, but they were really hitting them because they were like the most popular Russian IPA or Russian imperial stout at the time. And um, so they like lobbied. And they were also upset about uh, IPA because it wasn't from India as well. 
And so, like, a bunch of, like, other brewers had to come together and be like, no, it's not implying that it's from that. So there's actually, like, one issue of their Russian Imperial Stout that actually said Russian-style Imperial Stout, that they had to do that by law. Because every single label that you see on a beer, the government actually has to manually approve it before it can be placed on it and be sold by distributors. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Yeah, the, the regulations that they have for, for beer is way harder than it is for any other, almost any other thing. I mean, even down to the label that they use. What even came down, uh, the what the advent of craft brewing in the, what, the mid to late 70s when it actually started becoming a thing? Or home brewing specifically? Well, home brewing was more like a 70s thing. It wasn't the craft, the kind of craft beer revolution. Like, it started in the early 2000s, early, early aughts. See, I believe uh, because it was like you had like Sam Adams and they were like the first ones to be like, oh, we're actually like an all malt beer and we actually make different you know, styles of beer like the Boston Lager is what they really pushed. But it was an all malt beer. And it was like the only, one of the only all malt beers that you can buy in the store. Right. When when I first remember that you could just buy anywhere. Now, like anywhere I go, there's arrogant bastard. If, if you would have told me that was that was coming. I would have been like just cryogenically freeze me for ten years. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would have gone back and then. Well, using that, uh, Four Peaks, which is a local uh, Tempe, Arizona brewery, that you know I, I'm a big fan of Kilt Lifter. Always mm-hmm. have, you know, Arizona native, so I gotta kind of keep to my people. But slowly, they've been breaking into the market here in Las Vegas. Every once in a while, you'd see maybe a Smiths or whatnot that mm-hmm. would carry them, but now Walmart carries them now. Yeah, more and more. People are the dis- distribution for Four Peaks is getting larger, yeah. so they're breaking into the Las Vegas market, which it really they were in. Cal- they was one of the first craft beers that I tried. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. so. A California market would probably be a lot easier than Las Vegas. Well, but if you're looking at specifically the types of ales that are are sold in Las Vegas, many of them are IPAs and pale ales. There's not much. Weren't they originally called Moylan's Kilt Lifter? No, it's completely different. Mo- okay, so then I then I didn't have this Moylan's thing. is out of California, in which they do sell here. Okay, so it's a similar, or it's an identical name rather. It's, but it is similar. It's a similar type of Scotch ale, but different. Okay, companies. so this is a different company. So then I had never had this. <laughs> okay, I thought I had had this, and I remember no, liking it. Yeah. yeah, no. So yeah, Four Peaks. They're based down in Tempe, like at. Or is it ASU Stadium, like right on campus and then right off Mill Avenue? Mm-hmm. I believe they're right there. So Okay. I don't know where that is, but I'm going to pretend like I know and just nod. Well, for I, f- I do know that maybe David will know. <laughs> da- David, Drew, if Ernie Hancock were listening, yeah, they're going to know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Ernie Hancock really listens to much. <laughs> I think he likes the sound of his own voice too much yeah, to yeah, listen yeah, yeah, yeah. to anybody else. <laughs> So anyways, you got this beer going on over here, and it's got the, the kilts and what have you, and what it's just you know, it's the, the website, the W thing, and it's it's all great and what have you. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, uh, and what have you. And, and so wh- what makes this beer so great? Donna, can you link up the kilt lifter thing on the website? We go ahead and do that. All right. So what was it? Is, is that kind of like <laughs> Yes. Pretty close? <laughs> yeah. I did a um, one of the Lulberts News Networks for the Anchor FM thing that I do. And I did one where it was just like a man starts a media empire, and I just kind of did it all in kind of Bernie's vernacular, uh, Bernie, <laughs> in Ernie's vernacular. Uh, but it wasn't like in his voice. I was just kind of speaking it as a news reporter would read <laughs> something that he <laughs> like a transcript so, so, so of something yeah, he wrote. Transcript of what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. 
And so that was kind of the joke. Wow. And um, Nathan Frazier, you know, the guy that does anarcho uh, entrepreneur, and he was like, that was perfect. <laughs> like, that's the spot on Ernie. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, anyone who has. I do like Ernie, but no, I do Ar- like poking fun at people that I do like at the same time. He's Ernie's something a- else. Ernie's a great guy. Yeah. But it's those little mannerisms that he's, mm. that he's got that just tend to stand out. And I laugh every time. <laughs> it gets me every time I listen to his show. I start laughing. I would say everyone, everyone that that is anyone, mm-hmm. whether they're celebritarians or not, they all have these little manner, mannerisms that you can pick up on. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you know, if you want to exploit it, make fun of it. But everyone has got them. Yeah, I enjoy it though. I'm look, look at Kokesh. Look at, <laughs> I mean, well, what's his mannerism? He jerks off in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> or his whole stick about like I'm an introvert. I I don't like talking on stage. It's like, but you do it every single chance you get. <laughs> he does, and, and he's well polished yeah. and well articulated. So the man spent practice in front of a yeah. mirror. And I don't. I genuinely don't like doing it. That's why I, I stutter and monologue. Not only the fact that you know I'm often drinking, but I do Lulberts. Not 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 so much with the fiends, but Lulberts. Yeah, yeah. Now I believe there there needs to be. You need to censor yourself for for the fiends because if you're drinking, you may be more likely to cuss on well, accident. I mean, even if you may have signs plastered all over your room, correct? But there just may be that one slip. I got rid of it. I, uh, bec- I got rid of it only because I was going to add no complaining to the thing, and I spelled <laughs> complaining wrong, and then I complained about that, and I threw it away. <laughs> so now it's just it's just all instinct at this moment, but. Okay. Yeah, here I can say whatever I want. Sometimes I'll have to be like, pour it off. Can I say bastard? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I heard that yeah. in a previous episode. But I even mentioned, because I've been doing um podcasts for the Zombies Government and you, mm-hmm. most on, on a regular basis. But I've tried within the past maybe two or three episodes, have tried to tone down anything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And just so... No cussing. Yeah, no cussing. And just speaking in a very clear, uh, coherent manner as to basically ask Michael, okay, I want one shot. Let me on the fiends just once, and that's yeah. all I ask. And just to get the one time on air. I think he said he will do it, didn't he? Didn't he tell you? He, yeah, no, he, he'll he do it. tone it down. Right. Yeah. So cut the cussing and, and... The punk rock libertarian guy, the first time he got on, it was like, what, 10 minutes in, and he cussed. And then and then he was gone. I'm just like, yeah. that, that was quick. Yeah, that's how fast it goes. I mean, the FCC is a bitch. Good thing we're not the FCC. So we no, can we want. right, but still, I mean... I try to keep it down because I don't want it to be like – because if you listen to Cantwell, it's it's annoying because it's every other word that comes out of his mouth is fuck, shit. It's like this fucking shit that's fucking going on fucking over here. It's fucking bullshit fucking – it's so like grating on my soul. Right, and it's, and it, <laughs> yeah. it, but it, it's so pervasive it actually yeah. uh, clouds the entire message that he's trying to present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean I even – one of the things my dad told me when I was growing up was like there's this – there's a – a language for school and there's a language for home mm-hmm. and, and maybe, you know, use the same type of template to do radio and, you know. Yep. Yeah. So I remember I was really bad into cussing for a while and it was even hard not to cuss. Even when I was visiting my parents, like I would end up cussing a lot. And my mother, my mother used to be like, you, you're cussing too much lately. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> like Californians, Southern Californians, wherever it's like, dude, shit, fuck, bro, fucking shit, man. It's fucking awesome shit. Fuck, I'm wasted. Fuck. It's kind of like that. But New York is way worse. Did you see New the, did you see the video? Which this brings me, brings it to mind is this, this chick. She just gets, I think she just, got out, just gets out of JFK. She's walking down some street. 
she's saying, "Oh my God, I'm yeah. in New, I'm in New, New York." York. City. And and the, <laughs> the first thing you hear is like, "Shut the fuck up!" I'm like, "Yeah, no, that's New York." <laughs> That's actually one of the that's one of the more charming New York things. <laughs> There's not many charming New York. Well, okay, things. so so the argument has been laid at some point or been given that New York is like you know the cultural capital of the U.S. I'm like, if that's the cultural capital, we're fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I, mean, what, I think what they say I think what they're meaning is there's like more different types of restaurants out there because that's the only thing I can gather. Oh, and they have Broadway. Every, most of the people who say like, oh, New York is so cultured. We have so much culture. Like we have Broadway. It's like, yeah, where's your season tickets at the Opera House? Like, when was the last time you went to Carnegie and saw a show at the Carnegie? Like never. Like the, the, they're, 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 the epitome of culture for most people in New York is AMC. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh, that's, okay. that's the only thing so they go to. The gentleman that I, also, I work with that I told you that's a huge Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was born and raised in Chicago, but he's actually spent – a lot of time traveling the world, going to Nepal, Thailand, you know, basically all all over Europe and Asia. But he even he even said the same thing when when talking about Vegas. When I was trying to defend uh, Vegas virtues and saying, you know, it's pretty it's pretty nice, it's multicultural, but there isn't a dominant culture here. Yeah, and that actually I believe bothers some people because there isn't that dominant culture that they're used to, say in L.A. or Chicago, you know the. Where, Probably mainly liberal strong city of immigrants, at least, at least from other parts of the uh, the country. Like usually, like when I meet people, the first thing they usually ask me is like, "Where are you from originally?" It's it's very rare that you get someone that says, like, "Oh, I'm born and raised here." Oh, but, right. And yeah. I've, I've met a few people at my work who are born and raised, and even you know, I was I noticed that I'm like, "Well, that's a rare thing because mm-hmm. you know everyone's from everywhere it's like else." Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but. Like, what do you get when two Floridians meet? They usually ask, like, where are you from originally? <laughs> but there is not one dominant culture here. Mm-hmm. It is Vegas, is, I would say, is, is unique among itself because yeah. there is no dominant culture. Or there is a Vegas culture, which is completely different from the rest of the U.S. Yeah. And it started to get a little bit Californianized. I don't like that. I, I, have you seen those bumper stickers that say, this is, this is Nevada, not California? Or don't Californianize Nevada? Right, and yeah. but with migration patterns and how close California is to Las Vegas, and the, and the migration that's coming out of California right, right, right now, right, and if things were to turn even a little bit worse economically, even for the state of California, yeah, you're going to see mass migration yeah. into Arizona and Vegas. Yeah, Nevada. I really hope it doesn't turn into California. I mean, they just did the the gun show loophole ban. They voted that in, but didn't they strike it down? I think there was. I believe there was an appeal. It was a question one or question two. I think it was question. I think question one was marijuana. Question two was, was one, or maybe it was one of those two. Anyways, right. Yeah. But so I heard it had passed, and you know, I got all butt hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was a few a uh, few weeks later, maybe a month later, I had read somewhere that it was being appealed, and that there was a good chance it was going to be repealed. Yeah, like one of the one of the LP. Uh, Guys posted an article here in Nevada. Posted this article and said, "Like, see, like this is this is this is a good sign for Nevada. <laughs> like, at least the maybe the people are starting to get Californianized, but the courts are still, you know. Well, it's it's not even that. So the vast majority of people would move from I'd say from California to Clark County. Clark County being the most pros- or uh, populous mm-hmm. county in Nevada, and it's purple. You got your mix between red and blue." The rest of the state is solid red, so it it's is, yeah. But it is it is kind of like 
it is sort of kind of libertarian leaning kind of conservative for the most part. Well, and that's and that's yeah. actually I mean, it's got I mean, you could open carry out here. Right. right. It has the be- it has the best of both worlds. I yeah. mean, you want to you want to go, you know, fuck a whore in a brothel somewhere. You got to go to Pahrump. Well, <laughs> regardless, <laughs> I mean, Reno or but but everything that's vice based that's usually looked down upon in other cities is openly flaunted. here. Gambling bars being open 24 hours. We could we bought beer at like two what two o'clock at night. Yeah, because yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Well, the bars, everything. So pretty much, you can go to any grocery store that's open twenty four hours and buy alcohol twenty four hours a day. Whereas in Arizona, and it's it's not cereal beer. It's got more than three percent. Correct. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not one of those states either. Right, but yeah. you go you go in an hour and a half what north into St. George, and then you're running into yeah. their state liquor laws, but. It closes at ten. You can only buy cereal. Actually, beer. no. It yeah. closed. The liquor stores say there's only two liquor stores in Utah. One's in St. George. One's in Provo, and they both both of them close at seven o'clock p.m. and they're wow. not open on Sundays. Now it's been quite a number of years since I've lived in Utah. Things may have changed, but chances are no. Yeah, I spent a couple years in um, off on and off in uh, Kansas. And they had like kind of similar things, but it wasn't state owned. The liquor stores weren't state. Are they state owned? Yeah, I, I believe so. It's same. Well, it'd be the same thing with the state owned liquor stores. I believe in Texas because New you, Hampshire too. Mm. Yeah, which which I keep telling is like keep hearing is like the libertarian paradise, but you know, socialized health, uh, alcohol. Yay! <laughs> but um, they uh, in Kansas, like you could you can have a liquor store and they're privately owned. But you can't sell anything that's non-alcoholic. Nothing, not Pepsi, not mixers. Everything has to have at least like the grenadine, which is out usually anywhere you go. It's zero percent alcohol. The grenadine in Kansas has one percent alcohol, just so they can sell it inside the liquor store. Hmm. Yeah, they they do things like that. If you want to buy ice, they have an ice machine outside. If you want to buy sodas, there's a vending machine outside with. That's it. Like, and it has to be owned by a different company. It can't be owned by the same company that owns the liquor store. So they have to have like their like a separate LLC <laughs> in order to have a vending machine outside for ice. Jeez. It's really that crazy out there. And when I first moved out there, it was like no liquor on Sunday, none. Mm. You can't do it. And what people would do is they would find someone who was in the air, who had a, who was in the Air Force or whatever, and go to the Air Force base, get on base, buy alcohol on the base <laughs> where it's still owned, where it's still federal, and then they would leave to get kegs and stuff. But that's, that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then they they opened it up for Sundays. So, well, that's better than Utah. So when I was living in St. George, when we would go. We would actually drive because it's 3.0 via state law, mm-hmm. the alcohol percentage. We would drive to Mesquite, which is just, you know, you go through the gorge, maybe right. about a 45-minute trip. You're in Mesquite. You got Nevada beer. And we said Nevada beer because they're – now, granted, we were poor, white trash, whatever you want to call it. We were drinking Mickey's. But the Mickey's alcohol volume was like 7.0, mm-hmm. whereas in St. George, Utah, it's 3. three. And when I was – You can drink a whole six-pack and be like – Okay. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> but when I was living up in Salt Lake, same thing applied. But yet the border to, I believe, Idaho was closest, at, or Montana, One, I don't remember which state, but they would just go across the border, get their beer from there, or in kegs specifically, mm-hmm. and bring them down to, to uh, Salt Lake. 
Yeah, I remember uh, SLC punks. They had a whole scene in that where they had to go to they had to go to Montana in order to get beer. <laughs> we everything that was done in LC punk, I've done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even floating your car in the Salton Sea, or the Salton no, that's, sea. That's, that's that's California. <laughs> no, but the Great Salt Lake. Great that's Salt Lake. okay. That's the only thing I did not do. But okay. ev- everything that was done in and that shooting it to get <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> everything that was pretty much done in that from no. the partying angle, mm-hmm. I have done. Yeah, I don't want to ever want to move to Utah. Utah was an interesting place to visit. Salt Lake City was an interesting place to visit, but so many more. It was interesting to go to a place and there was like it was hard to get caffeinated stuff. And like Sizzlers or something. It depends on what year you went to because I went it back. The, it was late 90s. Yeah, I was still in yeah. high school. Well, let's just say things have been liberalized to a point okay. in Utah. So you've got Salt Lake. Salt Lake is, I don't even know what to call it, but it's it's vast, vastly different from then, say, like the Utah Valley where Provo's at and all the other little okay. burbs. Yeah. I mean, the I fact that you go to Salt Lake and now I'm being told – there are some neighborhoods that you just don't go to. Completely foreign to wait, me wait, in wait. Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> We're up in Salt Lake, and I'm talking to one of my aunts, and she's saying... going to steal your Book of Mormon? <laughs> no, it's actually like Mexican mafia type. Oh, wow. And I was just like, really? In Salt Lake? I'm like, well, it's bound to happen to any large city, period. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Regardless of whether or not they're predominantly Mormon or not. But Salt Lake never really was predominantly Mormon. There was a weird mix. Like, the more... They had Mormons there, yes, mm-hmm. but they were also attracting a lot of non-Mormons. The Mormon-esque towns that you would think of are further south in the Utah Valley once you hit, like, Provo, where BYU's at. Are they big on Halloween in Salt Lake City? I don't even recall. Okay, because I remember there was an Emo Phillips joke. I don't know if it was true or not, but Emo Phillips said that, like, Halloween is a huge thing in Salt Lake City. And he was like, it's kind of, which is interesting, I guess they're trying to give him a head start on knocking on doors. <laughs> I don't know if that was just a setup for a joke or if it's true. It's, it, it sounds like a setup. Okay. As, but I mean, I remember doing things Halloween. I was only I was only in Salt Lake maybe six or seven months, but I was there during October and did whatever 17 year olds did, you know, get drunk, get drunk, get, get drunk. Um, yeah. And go to parties and try to get laid. I mean, it's not like, I guess. Anyway. Well, did you get laid with like two chicks at least? Is this like the Mormon thing? Oh, you're. No. <laughs> I think I tried, but I don't really want to recall those days because they weren't that quite. They weren't that pleasant. Okay. I've, I've noticed that the more the conservative of a state that you go to. The the uh, the easier the women are like in California it was it, it's a, even here it's kind of a task, but in in in, uh, in Missouri like the f- the first person I met, I ended up having a three way with, <laughs> with 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 my then girlfriend, with her and it was like okay this is interesting like I could dig on Missouri, <laughs> you know <laughs> but, I think it has then I then I come here and everyone's like super reserved but I'm supposed to think that oh those are you know sexually repressed areas and women are like. You know, will curtsy for you and like they'll never have sex. No, 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 no. They're loose out there. Well, no, but that's the point. I believe they're sexually repressed. They're sexually yeah. repressed, but so it's going to have the opposite effect. Yeah. So Utah, specifically because it's predominantly Mormon, very Super sexually repressed. Yeah. Very sexually repressed has the highest porn viewership of any state. Yeah. In the union. I think we were talking about that when we were on the fiends and we lost the station because of it. <laughs> we were going through the porn stats in Utah. 
Utah's like number one. Oh, what was Utah? I have to pull it. I wonder if I could pull it up. But I remember there was some sort of like uh, thing with porn. You saw, you've seen Mormon porn, right? Have you heard of the the whole Mormon porn thing? Yeah. Where it's like Th- that they'll is- take pictures of women in bikinis or clothes. No, 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 no. There is a specific. I'll go even further. There is a specific, uh, I would say, fetish for actual Mormon porn. Chicks, usually it's it's dealing with um, the, the polygamy angle, but they're wearing the Mormon garments, and it's creepy as hell. The, the ones that I used to see back in the day was um, the Mormon-approved porn, which is they would get pictures of women in their clothes, and they would have like these, like the like this kind of like pattern over them where it was like it was like a solid color and then they would poke holes out so you could only see like the chick's face and their skin anywhere there was a bra or anything covering anything it would be covered by those little circles i could pull it up for you yeah don't that sounds horrific yeah but i'm trying to see what it was um um, utah states that came out faster than others was oh so when it came to People spending time on Pornhub. Utah was second to Oregon. Hi, Nick. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Utah was second highest. So yeah, this kind of the sexual repression thing going on. That's but the only I'm, thing I'm surprised about. I'm actually surprised about Oregon. If that's that's legit. I mean, Oregon is is a fairly it's a fairly kind of what purple state. I mean, so in the rural areas, you've got no. It's a blue state. Is it? It's a very blue state, but. They don't call Portland Porkland for nothing. Mm. Home of the other white meat. So women are pretty hefty out there <laughs> for the most part. So I can imagine when they actually see someone thin, you know, boop, oh, <laughs> sorry. So, um, yeah, so let me see if I can't pull up this Mormon porn for you. And then you can, you can, we can do a live reaction more. Live reaction. Should we actually do a Google uh, video for that to see a live reaction or just... No, here we go. Here, here's here's what I'm talking about. They're like, I'll, I'll put, the, I'll I'll make this like one of the show pictures, like one of these things. But you kind of see like they're wearing bikinis, but you can't see them because it's kind of like this solid color over it, and then they puncture holes into that solid color so you can see through it, the, so you can see the girls behind it. But they leave where they're uh, they leave the things covered where they're uh, where they're wearing bikinis, so it looks like they're naked, but you don't see anything. And this is what. I... That if is, you type in Mormon porn, that's how I search for it, Mormon porn in Google Images. So no, here's the before is, and after. That is the most bizarre thing because <laughs> even if, even what, an average IQ guy or whatever can imagine a chick without, you know, even seeing the bikini or whatnot, in it, but imagine her without it. Yeah, but this one, it's, it's amazing how different, because look. So we'll, we'll, take, we'll take this one because this one shows you before and after. So like the before, like, yeah, you can see it. But it's even clearer <laughs> when you see the other one. It really kind of no. It actually it it's it's really to, to me it's too distracting. The colors are too distracting. Period. I don't know. No, absolutely distracting. I mean that's it's terrible. If they would have taken maybe a more neutral color to the background to make it less obvious, maybe that would have worked. That one's a little bit too too. Yeah, but but go back to the original one that you were looking at, the one with the bright orange. This one, yeah, okay. that's that's too much. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 too dark it, of an orange. It's just, ugh. yeah. But yeah, it's like, yeah. This, maybe here we go. No, okay. So go go to 
<laughs> uh, Google Google search uh, Mormon girls porn. That's that's what I did. No, they're well, that's not. That's actually porn now, but, right? It, and that's what I was saying earlier. It's an actually it's like a fetish type of of porn for Mormon. Oh, here we of, go. Well, of polygamist women in a relationship with a Mormon guy, and it's yeah. Oh no, the wives are getting it on with each other. Well, right, and then the guys wearing garments is and that just Mormon? sitting in the background. Yeah, because it's based everything that's here. It's based off the the. Uh, the FLDS, the fundamentalist uh, LDS, it's and which is all uh, based in polygamy. Yeah, I like the the title of these things. Ginger Mormon loses her virginity. <laughs> this chick does not look Mormon. I doubt any of them are. No, but they're <laughs> but they're paid to act like it. So therefore, <laughs> wow, this is bizarre. And Mormons are weird. I don't know if we have any Mormon listeners, but your porn is weird. <laughs> don't look at me. I'm not Mormon anymore. Well, you you were hanging out with them, apparently. No, I yeah, I, I, I was unfortunately born into it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about choice. You can choose not to. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I, I can, but yeah, I can and see yet the for... appeal of this thing though, because it's it does look like they're naked, but you're you feel like you're not sinning for looking at a naked girl. But they're not actually naked, so it's like it's like two layers of protection because they're not naked. You don't actually see anything. Then on top of that, they're not actually naked behind what you're seeing, but it gives you the illusion that they are naked. Allegedly, I, I was gonna say I must have watched too much porn. That that just that is absolutely distracting. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it, it's it, not great. I'm not saying that it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's. It's interesting. Okay, <laughs> like, you can like, you can see. It's the not reason. like I'm kicking you out. Like I got business to do, buddy. <laughs> but it is it is kind of like okay, this is weird. When it's like, um, it's like safer work porn, right? Yeah. Right. But there's also for the <laughs> movie. Goofy. So for the movies, you know that even though they're violating copyright law, Mormons edit all movies. Oh, they do. Yeah. So so you take say take a rated R movie, a standard rated R movie, and they will edit it to take out the swear words. Hmm. And the nudity and, and other but yet somehow they're not affecting any type of copyright or, or the FBI, you know. I think I'll use that one for the show and that one's pretty that's a pretty good example. That's so weird. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well they're they are what are they? They're the only as far as I know, the only US based religion. Yeah. That was yeah. based in the US and was all about the US. Oh, this one's great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, as you were saying. I just it's the whole manifest destiny. I think a religion that takes manifest destiny to the extreme would be Mormons. Yeah. Uh, I need to find a good one for the show image. <laughs> that one's pretty good, but it's got to be kind of wide. See, look, see, this is what I'm talking about. That one's actually a good one. Then use it. But it's it's too. Nah, anyway, <laughs> it's too, not going to talk about the, the behind the scenes yeah. work on the show. Okay. Or maybe maybe this is just distracting me too much. I think okay, this one's actually naked. <laughs> I think this one actually is naked. Oh, there you go. There's the uh, there's the photo. For there's the... way too much underboob. Yeah, the fact that they're not actually covering cleavage is surprising me. 
Yeah, they're all going to hell anyway. Is that second? That's second life. <laughs> doing the second life. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, Mormons are weird. The porn they watch is weird. Um, no, 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 no. This is this is for people who actually believe they follow the tenets. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not. This is like, oh, but I, I drink tea because it doesn't have as much caffeine as coffee. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, well. Hmm. That's not even close. I don't know what they're doing with that one. But anyways. <laughs> closing this. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of, where would he go from that? Um, <laughs> Mormon well, porn. <laughs> well, we could. Well, I know you haven't seen it. We could talk about your your favorite waifu, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell. No. <laughs> no, just to give you shit. No, man. There's like three anime movies that I could watch. And I went back and tried to watch Ghost in the Shell again. And after having seen crap like. Bravo and shit like that. It's just like I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't really enjoy. I can't even enjoy Akira. Can't enjoy Ninja Scroll. Can't enjoy Ghost. Well, of the did Shell. you know that Akira's? It was half done. Like literally, it was half finished. Oh, it was. Yeah. So basically, where the movie ends is quite literally almost the halfway point for the manga, okay. and the manga continues on in a different religious angle. Oh, that's with weird. Akira being resurrected and Tetsuo. Being his uh, his first disciple. See, that's been how long I uh, that's well, so, okay, no, I, I don't remember right, what that okay. is. Okay. <laughs> no, so what I, I re- know what that is. Right. So I remember I actually found a video on YouTube that said what's comparison between the actual movie and the manga. Mm-hmm. And the difference is huge. Because while the first the movie actually follows the first because it's a six novel manga, I believe, mm-hmm. follows the first three, then it stops and then that's the movie, and you're like, What the fuck? But the manga continues. So they were planning on making no, the other half or no, no. no I they don't, just were just like, Oh, we're just gonna do half of it. I don't even know why they did what they did. I mean, this was back yeah. in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, it's an old one. With Orion Studios and because they did a bunch of stuff back in the day. Kind of like uh Thundercats, because Thundercats they had that revival right. where they did like a two thousand eleven, which which was really good. And then it's only half the story. The other half of the story, it was supposed to be in season two, but because fucking My Little Pony, and I've talked about this before, fuck My Little Pony. The, the, My Little Pony took off with the demographic that Thundercats should have had, and because of that, nobody watched Thundercats, and everybody watched My Little Pony instead, and all we got was fucking Hasbro garbage out of it. And so we didn't get the other half of the story because fucking Cartoon Network canceled it. It was on Tsunami. Right, right. Yeah. I don't believe it's kind of like an American anime almost. Well, no, I watch it. Right, yeah. but I don't think you can necessarily uh, use that exact same situation with Akira. I honestly don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I honestly yeah. don't even know why only half the movie was done. Maybe it been budget. I mean, who knows? Yeah, or maybe they were planning. Like, oh, if it's good enough, we'll come out with the sequel, and we already well, have the story done. My on that first, one. my first reaction after seeing Ghost in the Shell because I saw it the day after it was out on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it because it was. From what I believe, frame by frame, the same as the anime. Okay. You know, and then my first question to my friend who I, who I watched it with, and his name is Scott. I'm like, Scott, so you think they're going to do a cure next and actually do it justice? He looked at me and said, I fucking wish, but I doubt it. Yeah. This, this seems like it was a fluke. It was a good Well, And what we noticed is, so Scott is, he's, he's kind of in, into Chinese culture in a little bit because. Well, that's he, Japanese. Well, no, no, no. Oh, he's in. He's in the Chinese. He's world. in a Chinese. Well, because he's he's like Filipino German mix. So, but okay. So he's he's still kind of in the whole Eastern culture area. 
but he noticed, and he's also a film major. He has a, a degree in, in film arts or whatever. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, I know it's actually going to be a decent movie because an American company wasn't handling it. It was all Hong Kong based. And the entire movie was based in Hong Kong as opposed to, to Tokyo. Okay. Or to Japan. So, That's interesting. No, and say that might have been the only devi- or deviation from it, but everything that was done, it was it was beautiful. I was, I, I was waiting for it to be bad, but I saw the previews and I was like, oh, this is, this is beautiful. I just don't know if it's going to be good. Because we've seen beautiful movies that are crap. Case in point, The Matrix. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, send the hate mail. I don't care. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's beautiful movies that are terrible. And then everybody was – even the one person who was, like, super skeptical who said he was, he was probably going to hate it was, was Chris Stuckman. He had a lot of hope for it. He was like, please don't be bad. Because he was like jaded about, um, was it Dragon Ball Z? Is that the one uh, review you actually posted on Discord? Because I watched it. I watched the first couple of minutes. And once he actually gave his opinion at the beginning, I stopped it. And then I held, you know, I held my reservation or my opinion because I Mm -hmm. wanted to see it. I wanted to see if he was right. Because he said it was was good. It was great. But he doesn't. He doesn't give spoilers. No, yeah. I didn't care. I didn't yeah. even. I didn't know that, so I didn't watch the rest of it. But then I went and saw the movie, and he was right. Yeah, you know. Well, I have to check it out. I did see the Power Rangers movie. Go, pro- go, Power Rangers! And, and I hated the fucking Power Rangers. Like my level of hatred for the Power Rangers is like unprecedented. <laughs> I mean, like I knew people that are like, oh yeah, fuck the Power Rangers, but no, I had an extra hate for them because. I felt like it was for babies, and it was it was a stupid cartoon. And yeah, sure, it had some like King Kong or uh, Godzilla type kind of aspects to it. I forget what the what the term is that Japanese use for that kaiju. Kind of, kaiju, yeah. So I, I kind of under, understood that, but at the same time, but it was like a shitty Saved by the Bell, and like the the the, the storylines that they threw on top of it were just fucking stupid. And everything was like whoosh, 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 every time they moved, whoosh, 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 and I was like, this is retarded, <laughs> and I hated it. But all of my friends loved it, and they always wanted to play the video games. And like, anytime we like played or outside, they were like, "Oh, let's be Power Rangers!" And I'm like, "No, that's stupid. <laughs> like, I don't want to fucking be." And so it went from a show that I was like, "Okay, this is dumb. I'll just change the channel." To like, "Fuck this show!" And I hate everything about it. <laughs> and I hope it all. And then everybody was like, "Actually, the movie was good." Like everybody thought the movie was going to be a terrible thing, and then everybody was saying it's good. Even people who were like, "I hate the Power Rangers," but this was good. I was like, oh, all right, I'll catch it on like the five dollar day at Cinemark or whatever, and I did, and it was good. Now it's not great <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but it was entertaining, and it was basically like the the Power Rangers thing. Like I would like if the Transformers would do something like that. If the Transformers movies were like that, they would have been good movies. Because the, the Transformers movies were just obnoxious, 24-7 action, blowing stuff up, destroying the city, fighting GoBots, and all this CGI, just fucking goat fuck. Wait, that tra- wasn't. Transformers it, and GoBots. I know you just crossed like same two, sh- <laughs> two terrible they're the K- franchises they're the from K- back Mart, in the 80s. They're the, they're the Kmart Transformers. <laughs> See? Told you. Anyways, uh... <laughs> No, see, I even know because I watched GoBots, and there was. Do you remember Rock Lords? No, there was, and then, but they were like the 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 rock inc- or the geological incarnation of like GoBots oh, transform. And there was a crossover movie that they did, GoBots versus Rock Lords. And it was, oh uh, shit, man, right. that sounds awful. 
It was, but as a kid, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, so. but I mean, like, the, if the Transformers movies were like, let's have some some things that are happening and actually a movie, and then then we'll spend twenty thirty minutes with robots fighting each other. That would have been cool. That's what that's what the Power Rangers were. It was like mostly like a character development. You actually did care about the characters. But I fucking hated the Power Rangers, and I was watching this like, all right, I could get into this. I could get into this. If it's like this where I'm actually, like, interacting with humans and there's interesting things happening and they're having to, like, there's character arcs going on, and then they fight fucking whatever, Rita Repulsa, then they fight her. That's cool, you know? And then they get into the big things and, yeah, turn into the giant robot and fight. That's cool. But all this other stuff leading up to it was just horse shit. <laughs> like, like, when it comes to the Transformers, because it's, it's just constantly like, oh, oh, more more robots fighting. More robots fighting. More robots fighting. Oh, look, here's something interesting. All right, no, no. We're going to cut Megan's p- potential boob slip scene in with the robot interrupting her. It's just like, come on, man. Give it a break. The it's, only, it's obnoxious. The <laughs> only redeeming quality to the entire Transformers franchise is the guy who's been the guy since the beginning to voice Optimus Prime. Period. I posted something on Facebook. Was it the Batman the guy that did Batman's voice? No, that oh. was no, that was um were you talking about the animated series? Yeah. Kevin Conroy? No, wasn't him. But no, this was hmm. this guy is actually Canadian, but he's been doing Optimus Prime since the very beginning. Oh, from the cartoon? From as the well? cartoon. Oh it, shit. It, so like I a brief moment I had I had the fanboy pop out of me. I'm watching Transformers for the first time. I heard Optimus speak and i had a tear roll down because i'm like because it's it's the same guy i could care less about the rest of the movie the fact that they had the continuity to keep the man who was the voice through through the ages Mm -hmm. that's cool everything else absolute shit (laughs) you know the even the guy they got to do megatron i mean it's it's just like yeah yeah like um the thundercats when they rebooted that they didn't use the same voice for lino but the guy who played Lion-O in the uh, uh, in the original TV show, because if you if you go back and watch the '80s cartoon, it really is kind of like an audition tape for film students. It really is kind of really bad acting. But they brought him back, the guy that did the voice for Lion-O for the '80s cartoon, to be Lion-O's dad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they actually kept some. That's time. that's I think it's cool. I mean, but if you can if you can pull it off, it's great. But I mean, they weren't really good act well, voice actors at all. Let <laughs> me give you series. another. Yeah, so that brings to mind they released. I think last year they did kind of a prequel series for Ghost in the Shell for the animated because you got the new animated uh, series, which is like ten episodes, mm-hmm. but then you have the two movies, and then you have the actual uh, series, mm-hmm. which is like two seasons. So the the for the English dub, the the woman they had actually play the major through the movies and through the TV series. They didn't use her, but she was she actually played the superior, the higher up to the to the chick that was playing the major. Mm. So they they did keep the same voice actors, just in a different role. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're they're kind of keeping some aspects from the old. It's kind of like a little bit of nostalgia grab, but not like oh we're gonna use the same voice because yeah, it, it wouldn't line up like. Thundercats would not have been great if it was the original cast. Not at all. Snarf. Snarf. Go, go and watch how bad the 80s cartoon was. I loved it growing up. 
But if you go and watch like the new episodes, it's it's a completely different thing. Well, and Snarf doesn't go. Snarf, Snarf. He's not well, annoying. Well, even if you go back, I've, I mean, I can't watch Thundercats because I think at a point when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, what is this shit? Because <laughs> the voice acting was so terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if you go back and watch like some, uh, if you're actually into dubbed anime, some of the older animes, the voice acting, it, at least the, the English voice acting, is just. God awful. Yeah, everybody used to tell me like just watch don't watch it dub, watch it with the thing. It's like how about I just don't watch it at all because anime sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, you <laughs> I can can't go, stand anime. You can go that route too. So yeah. unfortunately I'm inundated with a whole bunch of anime fanboys at Amazon. So yeah. yeah, I remember the last time I watched an like actually except for this time where I tried to watch Ghost in the Shell. Before that it was like I saw um a show I was just like, all right, I was on mushrooms and I was on Netflix and I was like what cartoon do I want to watch? Because my my whole kind of thesis about doing psychedelics alone is I watch a cartoon, I take the I dose, I wait for it to peak, and then I take a shower, and then I lay down, and listen, uh, and then I listen to like music, and then I just watch fireworks, like close eye visuals, and usually whatever cartoon that I watch kind of influences the style of the kind of close eye visual patterns that I see. So I've tr- mostly like Adventure Time. That's probably the best the best um but i tried i was like oh let's try anime and i watched watched like five minutes of uh bravo and i was like no nah. <laughs> like no it, this is the worst thing ever and it kind of encapsulated everything that i hated about anime because it's, it's just pure like everything that you hate about anime it's just constant like fan service and no well there is i mean I'm a fan of specific anime, but that's like the old school movies, the Akira, Ghost in the Shell, yeah, yeah. the Vampire Hunter D, a few series. And that's usually where I had my break. Series is that's where you had the fan service. You had the all the stereotypes that would crop up on yeah. like 4chan. I mean, it's all there. So I just – no, there's a few that I like because it goes – because of what I grew up with. Mm. Ghost in the Shell, the series, the first and second gig, you know. It added the even the the, the the continuing story still add, added the philosophical elements that was there in the first movie, mm-hmm. and that was what was important to me. It continued the same themes. Yeah, um, it was at um, there was one show that I was starting to get into, but the pa- fan service was so blatant and annoying I couldn't get through it. And that was everything else was great. And that was uh, was it like Zombie High School or something? High School of the Dead. Yeah, High School of the Dead. High School of the like Dead yeah. is so. It's great because it is so blatant in its sexuality yeah. and its fan. Well, no, and the fan service is, but it actually, if you take that out, it actually makes yeah. a good survival. If they would have just taken, but it was just annoying. It was like, okay, I'm right. We're watching them ride a bus, and then they stop the whole scene just so they can show the bus hitting a bump on on her breast, and you can watch her breast jiggle for a little bit, and it's like. That would have been fine if it was like an actual like movie, like a, a real life film, and I'm actually watching real breast bounce. But I'm not. I'm watching car- like someone draw boobs bounce. It's like no. Well, but that's as we were speaking to sexual oppression earlier. The Japanese sexually oppressed, yeah, so it all comes okay. out in the anime. Are they really sexually oppressed? Because it seems like everything that comes out of Japan well, is they, like sexually charged as fuck. Well, <laughs> right, everything. Right, but it used to well because they have really strict censor- censorship laws, and a lot of things kind of it's fucked up. There. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Japanese. So I would porn say I would say anything. Post- I, I just thought everybody had squared dicks for a while. <laughs> everything. <laughs> 
everything post-war. Okay. Up to <laughs> up, up to a certain point because mm-hmm. Japan had to I correct me if I'm wrong if any listener does please do. They basically had to recreate their own society after the bombs and well yeah. They're not the same as as they they probably were. There is a an article that I read I believe it was on Zero Hedge stating that Who was it by? I honestly Tyler I Tyler Durden. Yeah. Oh, Ty- <laughs> well, was it Tyler or it was a from one of the blogs that he picks up regardless. Okay, anyway. What it was saying was It was a Zero Hedge joke, but anyway. Oh, right. yeah, no I no I get it. <laughs> I get it. Go ahead. But um no, so they're saying the millennials or people of of the younger generations, they don't know war. They don't know the atrocities that happened during mm-hmm. Imperial Japan and they're actually cl- clamoring for a military again. And so now you're having a, a, a schism between the older people who remember the war times and everything, the atrocities um, on every side versus the, the, the children who don't. And so what, what they're worried about or maybe what some people are worried about is that the younger generation clamoring for the war or clamoring for the military again will end up winning and history will end up repeating itself. Yeah, that's not good. Well, we're seeing the exact same thing here in a way. Yeah, I was like, what? Like all these young kids, they don't understand. They don't understand evil. I think that's what it really boils down to. There hasn't been because of whatever you want to call it, capitalism's you know uh, propensity for peace and stable yeah. and, and somewhat stabilization. There has you know nine eleven was all we had for a while. Nine eleven's been all we had since Vietnam. Yeah, and even Korea. Korea was just like, huh? Yeah. Well, actually, Korea happened before Vietnam. My apologies. Yeah. So. Yeah, but there hasn't been, I mean, any type of actual military action conducted by the U.S. has always been over there, wherever yeah. there is, whether it be the Panama Canal or, you know, Vietnam, or there's been nothing to to encroach U.S. territory since, I'd say since the, uh, besides the Civil War, uh, the war with Mexico. 1812. What was that? I don't know. The War of eighteen twelve, I believe that was with the French. No, and British, British. <laughs> was it British? Yeah, <laughs> that was the British. They burned down the White House. No, was that? No, I'm think. No, I'm thinking of um. Do we? Do we... I, you know what? I could be completely wrong about this, and someone could be like, "These fuckers don't know shit about history, and they don't cuss." Fuck them. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. If please, because I'm going to give a shout out to Prof. CJ because he's our master historian. <laughs> So therefore, I'm going to say, if we're wrong, please correct me. Well, how come I can't type 1812? Oh, I know. Alcohol. <laughs> Speaking of which, would you like another one? Yes. All right. All right, I wonder if I could pause this thing. Hold on. Don't pause it. Just go. We're running. Uh, apparently, I can't pause it. So I'm blaming this completely on you. So the War of 1812 was a military conflict that lasted from June 1812 to February 1815, um. Uh, I have another ruination. Let me just let me just try to see if I can't find. Why are, you, why are you giving me the ruination? Because it has the highest ABV. Because uh, it was the first one I picked. <laughs> I just grabbed one and just. I oh, did. It's like oh, it's ruination one again. Uh. No. Oh, okay. No. You're probably right. I'm thinking of the French Indian War. It says there's something. Um. An attack on Washington that resulted in the British burning down the White House. And it's well, no, the same so, article. So. Well, no, but but I just remembered my mistake. So you're correct, but I'm I'm uh, remember the the French and Indian War, which was don't know the exact year, but it was when the the French were uh, 
alcohol is taking its course. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, we're fighting for territory, <laughs> and I believe that's uh, at the end of the French anymore. But either way. Maybe that was millenn- when the, the Louisiana. Generation Z, uh, Generation X to an extent, don't really understand what's going on with, you know, like they don't no, understand I, evils of the world that, you know, most of the other generations understood. You, I certainly don't. You threw... The only, and the only reason why I do know is because of reading. It had nothing to do with experiencing like a lot of the other generations did. Well, but you also were able to grow up in, in what, a somewhat decent neighborhood with, you know, parents, with both parents. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there who would probably experience, this, you know, similar evils. You can't necessarily compare them, but... yeah. But there's a world of difference between like this this military threat that can come over and just wipe out not just you but everybody you know <laughs> and all the infrastructure around you and you're just waiting for the next bomb to just wipe out everything you know and you're you're doing these these drills at your school where you duck and cover cuz not because you think an earthquake is coming like I did in California but because the nuclear bomb may go off and that may save about like three people and in the the farther farthest reaches of the blast zone um <laughs> but that's about it yeah the advent of actual nuclear war has not been that apparent until recently yeah I mean, even I mean, so, the so we had the 80s like it just kind of stopped after well it Gorbachev. wasn't even that it wasn't even that i mean yeah, okay so i was born in 82 but even remember growing up in the mid to late 80s okay you I don't even remember any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I only mean, thing I, I know that people were seriously scared was the Cuban Missile Crisis because mm-hmm. it was that, you know, we're that close. Yeah. But nothing has come that close since. And I don't know whether or not Trump is willing to go that route or what's even going to happen. But Be- I, th- I think the thing is because they, they don't know Nazism. They don't know, like, communism and fascism and all these threats that were actually really th- real threats to other generations and then that they think that the real evil is done to like animals and chicks with penises (laughs) like how dare you misgender me somebody that's really the worst thing ever it's like i think we're a little bit too sheltered well it's a not we i don't have a mouse in my pocket and i'm fine but i mean those people those well those (laughs) types those types of problems specifically are first world problems and they've cropped out of what the post 2000 era because yeah. in the nineties, the Obama, well, the rise of the Obama administration—that's when kind of the Obama would say. I don't SJW like, started emerging because I remember on YouTube there was a couple people here and there that started talking in SJW talk, and we were just like, oh, "Okay, they're just kind of crazy," and then it just started like spreading like wildfire after that. Well, I, I believe I don't necessarily am going to point blame at the Obama administration. Well, I'm not. I'm not blaming well, them. I'm just well. No, I'm saying it, it's a coincidence, shift, but yeah. the culture shift that happened. I believe he's a result of that. Yeah. Well, and that, that I can agree with. So we had the old the neocon order with yeah. Bush, and the pendulum was really swinging that way. Right. Okay. But so that pendulum is actually swinging quicker because you had eight years. And it's going to swing back when it's it comes swing. out. If Trump, gonna, if Trump's cause out, because the, the DNC is probably not going to be. I mean, they're they're fighting to keep it that way with Hillary and those types anymore. Well, it's not even that. It Hil- looks like the Bernies are going to be right slowly. Taking right, over but that have party. you have you seen what the DNC has actually done they're, towards? They're trying to keep their fucking talons into the thing. What? <laughs> well, right, they and they're yeah. trying to keep out more specifically white people because they're taking on it. They're doubling down, I believe, on the SJW identity politics. Yeah. 
And so once uh, Debbie Walshman Schultz was out, the new guy, whoever it was, he specifically stated that no white people will be, you know, yeah. at higher levels of, of power. That's and crazy. I'm just like, but you know what? It was interesting because Bernie was never into the whole SJW thing. He really wasn't. I know, like, Crowder like, says, like, oh, yeah, he's a total SJW. Yeah, kind of, but he never really was into it. He really never was. And I remember kind of growing up, like, the, the dude never did. And the reason why is because those type of socialists really believe that you don't need to engage in that kind of, like, action for feminism and racism and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to do it because the only thing you need to do is just stop capitalism and then the mechanism for those those things will go away. That's kind of the idea. That's kind of the philosophy that he kind of stems out of. Like, that's what they believe. Like, once you get rid of the evils of capitalism, then racism isn't viable anymore. And you also kind of see the same thing with, like, the zeitgeist movement. Like, they don't really, like, go after the whole culture war thing. They're just like... Well, racism and, you know, all that stuff, that's just not economically viable. I mean, once you get rid of this, you know, the capitalist system, then it's not really viable for, as a system anymore. So when you when you see him, like, standing there and getting, what's the word, cucked <laughs> by those two, those two girls that took over his event, you could see that he was, like, super uncomfortable about it. But he knew that if he said anything about it, he would lose a substantial portion of his base. And he's after every vote, right? So I think this, this yeah. was before or after he bought his six hundred thousand dollar house. It was, <laughs> it was, it was after the election. No, I think it, it he, was, bought, yeah, he okay. bought the house after the election, but okay. it, it was long before. Yeah, but still, I mean, even, I'm not defending <laughs> Bernie Sanders. I'm just saying. No, I, I understand. He's he, what he was doing during that election was but like that's not Bernie. Actually, <laughs> going. I remember Bernie when I kind of liked him. <laughs> going, of. going back to the Antifa alt right um, pseudo war. It's the, gonna, the it, LARP, the LARP battle, the giant LARP battle. But, <laughs> but if you look, okay, so Go ahead. <laughs> so there, there hasn't been. I mean, so if uh, politically speaking, if you want to say the uh, the United States is is a is a fascist regime, fascist system, but a soft fascist, yeah. So so the it's, ri- not, it's not it's not it's not it's not authoritarian like it was during the the Roosevelt administration. Right. Okay. So, but we're, what I'm saying is, so we haven't seen any real fascism since Mussolini, Hitler, nor Roosevelt. And, uh, but okay, but 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 trying. I'm DPRK. I'm, right. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, it would is be a fascist state. Now. The younger generation, say the generations that are growing up now, like the ones in Japan, haven't known, nor do they really care about the history of what happened. Yeah. And yet they're clamoring for the return. Of the real thing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, these people haven't lived through it. Well, let, 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 it. let's say from whether it be an authoritarian, libertarian, or whatever, what can be done? I mean, it's either going to one way or the other, but in all regards, we're going to lose. Yeah. Well, it's just like people who don't really understand the Pinochet administration and they start praising it because like, oh, well, he was very liberal on the economy and he hurt communism that must be a good thing right well it's like well maybe those things sound good to you but there was also a bunch of other things that he was doing that were not particularly like he was very like you know he he really was is this dead it's It's, dead we need a new call we should probably wrap this up we've been on it for an hour but yeah there's a lot of other things that pinochet was doing that was not good that you would not want to live in and even economically like he was not great at all i mean milton you came down and was like you're still inflating the money. <laughs> well, <laughs> like you're so, still doing all like so people 
I believe if want to name names, but if you want to continue this on the Patreon, whatever I can do. Yeah, that. we should we should probably pause it. Yeah, pause. <laughs> but go ahead, wrap up your thoughts. What I'm saying is there there are certain people, maybe those within the liberty movement who did support Trump or whatever, but they're cherry picking their data. Yeah. And they're not seeing everything for the whole, or maybe they do see everything for the whole, but they're willing to make that sacrifice to completely negate the negative and only embrace the positive. And in doing that, they're proving to be the exact same thing in which they despised earlier. Yeah, but I, 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 the, the alt-right extra alt-right people and people who originally called themselves alt-right which we would call alt-light because they don't buy into the whole ethno state um you know paul joseph watson and richard spencer maroki hi uh <laughs> um who else like those people they're starting to realize like okay we fucked up with trump we fucked up with trump wait wait, he, wait. He so wait not- no i could see i could see paul joseph watson and you know his and, and richard Alex spencer Jones and- too Where's Spencer? I haven't heard anything about Spencer. Go to his Twitter. <laughs> Go to his Twitter. I think we covered this. Oh no, no, we, I did a live hangout. Right, uh, no, and YouTube. I didn't, and I wanted to check that out. But yeah, I didn't get we were the kind chance. Of going through some of the stuff. Uh, yeah, Molyneux. I'll comb. Yeah. Well, fuck Molyneux, but I'll, I'll I'll comb through Spencer's Spencer shit and yeah, and looking at because I know. I mean, that's the only time I think I've ever retweeted Spencer. <laughs> right. Well, you know, <laughs> probably only probably the only you, time you know I things are bad when. Stefan Molyneux and Coulter specifically are oh, yeah, saying, fuck you, yeah. and we're out. So with the bombing, he lost, what, 65% of his of his original base? Yeah, well, of that particular portion of his base, there are people who are whose ideology is Trump, which is p- fucking pathetic. Like, they will defend him. Good example. Um, Wayne Allen Root started a pod, or not a podcast, an actual radio show that competes with Free Talk Lives, and it's called The War Room or something like that because war, get it, Wayne Allen Root, war. Um, and the, the tagline of the show is defending our president, right or wrong. Well, so I, I've joked. By the way, this guy was the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party ticket for president. Um, in 2008. Well, that doesn't that, <laughs> that doesn't say much. And if if people want to know kind of like the dirt about what happened during the convention and even oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. check out um, Judd Weiss's interview on Lines oh, of Liberty. No, this was in 2008. This no, is, but yeah. even then, but even Bob yeah, Barr's yeah, Bob Barr's mentioned uh, list uh, in contact with uh, James Weeks. He's a man behind the scenes. He knows what was going on. He can back up probably. We did we did an episode Patreon. Get on Patreon. Get on our level. It's only a fucking dollar. Dollar a month. You don't even pay for it. <laughs> oh, no. I also do my driving podcast. I'm special. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably wrap this up. Uh, do a Patreon only thing. We'll be in an hour and four minutes. Nice. Well, it's probably going to be different on the, on the timestamp because stuff. So uh, what do I usually plug? Um, uh, if you, oh, if you need let- Kratom, go to kratom.lulberts.com. For everything else, there's Amazon, which is shop.lawberts.com. I think Amazon.lawberts.com works, too. Um, what? Let's plug uh, Liberty on the Rocks, LV. Oh, Liberty on the Rocks. We're getting – oh, yeah, we need to plan that. So, we're, yeah, h3removalservice.com. The mm-hmm. num- H, H is in HAPA. <laughs> the number three, removalservice.com, if you're going to be in the Las Vegas area. Uh, on what is it Mondays? We, we it's agree? it's, so it's going to be the uh, the third Monday of every month at the Aces and Nails at Tanea and Cheyenne. Okay, so that's that that works for me. 
So if you're going to be in that area, if someone comes from out of town and it's Monday, we have the day off, fuck it, I'll go. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if you hit us up, we'll go. That's what we're going to be doing. Um, yeah, as you can find out, h3removalservice.com. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Love life in all right, worms, man. <laughs> Peace. All right, worms. Are you sick of government lackeys who say you didn't build that? Are you tired of elitists like Barack Obama and Al Gore taking credit for the web while trying to take over the web? Are you disgusted by experts whose concept of the internet is that it's a series of tubes? Take back the free market of computing by encouraging software developers to adopt the BIPCOT no-gov license. The BIPCOT no-gov license allows any use or modification except by governments. Go to BIPCOT.org. That's Bravo, India, Papa, Charlie, Oscar, Tango, dot org. For some reason in, in this country, and in a bunch of Western world, it's okay to just dodge. Hey, this is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends Radio Show. Computer programmer Derek Slopey and I have created Fiend Phone. I'm using Fiend Phone right now to talk with and record one of my co-hosts in real time. Take it, Davi. Hey, this is Davi Barker, and I'm a thousand miles away from Michael, but we sound like we're in the same room. We sure do, Davi. So, Davi, please tell the nice people more about Fiend Phone. Fiend Phone is free, no-gov software that opens up a global world of possibilities for collaborative, high-quality, remote voice media production, and I'm digging it. People can try FiendPhone right now at FiendPhone.com. But we're also raising money to vastly improve FiendPhone and vastly improve independent talk media worldwide. So go to FiendPhone.com to help out. Who will build the audio roads? We will, with your help. That's FiendPhone.com. F-E-E-N-P-H-O-N-E.com. Foxtrot, Echo, Echo, November, Phone.com. FiendPhone. I never knew remote audio could be this good.